Hello there, it's Jamila Jamil. Are you by any chance listening to this podcast promo while out on a walk? If so, good for you. That's going to make both your mind and your body feel better. On my podcast, I Weigh, this month, we're going to be exploring mental health and talking to amazing guests about other things that you can do to make yourself feel better with guests like Simon Sinek from The Optimism Company, therapist Vienna Farron, comedian Neil Brennan, and more. Listen to I Weigh wherever you get your podcasts. Ask me! Welcome to another episode of Ask Eliza Anything. A lot of return customers, a lot of repeat offenders, and I think we got some new people in here. So the, you know, we we take your questions, we answer them, but in light of what's been happening in our country since the death of George Floyd, which really sparked um, this mass addressing of Black Lives Matter... We didn't want to do a tone-deaf episode, but we also were cognizant of the fact that if we did an episode where we talked about what's going on, you know, it's going to be two white women telling you like it is. Now, that is my show, and we don't do a lot of guests. Um, So I'll answer a couple of questions, and just know that this is all coming from a place of education, a place of, uh, of love, of wanting to convey messages. So, uh... In the name of not wanting to make this just two white women talking about what we think it's all about, we're only going to speak from truth and from what we know to be true from our side, advocating that Black Lives Matter 100% of the way. Kick it! So I really liked this question from Siamese.Sunflower. Hey, Eliza and Emily, I'm a true believer in voting with your dollar, and I'd love to hear about some Black-owned businesses you guys love. Personally, I love Shea Moisture and Brio Geo, to mention a couple. Now. I like this question because we get people who ask you about products they should be buying. You get a Hold lot on. of people. Just kiss Fu right on her biscuit nose. Okay. Send her on her way. Goodbye. Oh, she's leaving. Well, she's <laughs> squirming. You get a lot of questions about sunscreen, like a lot. Like people are always asking you, what kind of sunscreen do you use? What kind of sunscreen should I use? And I learned about from, of course, the skincare subreddit, uh, blackgirlsunscreen.com. Yeah, you've talked about this before. But here's the thing. I learned that they have a recycling program. So when you empty a bottle, Mm. you send them back in. They take them. I love that. Yes. And then you get a surprise. Literally every race other than white people tends to live in harmony with the world. (laughs) Well, and, and sunscreen is good for everyone. It's important for everyone. I also learned from Reddit about the Eat Okra food app, which tells you about black-owned restaurants and food trucks so that you can, if you're going to like get takeout, get it from there. You know, if if it's like, if if all things are equal, which they are, the food is tasted. And you want to try a new restaurant. And you're like, oh, I really want Mexican food today. (laughs) This is a black-owned Mexican place. Why the hell not? Uh, I can speak to that. Um, First of all, I do want to preface anything and everything by saying you have fingers Don't at me if you don't, although I don't know how you're doing it. Do your own research. It is so easy. Uh, A lot of the Instagram people that I follow are constantly posting, here's a list of Black-owned businesses. Um, Sometimes I'm kind of like, okay, that's just a bunch of names and or not even links or just links and it's a page and it is overwhelming. So Mm -hmm. I prefer to be specific. Um, Bloodsoe's Barbecue. 
the restaurant that my husband was the executive chef of, uh, named by Kevin Bloodso mm-hmm. of Kevin Bloodso, uh, black man from Compton who started his barbecue place in Compton, brought it to Hollywood. That's a place in LA. You want probably the best barbecue, check out Bloodso's, but it takes maybe half of a second to Google your city, black owned businesses. And it was already easy before, but now, especially with all the Instagram and all the influencers constantly generating lists and lists, it's very easy. Um, it really is all about, are you going to take that extra couple seconds? To, well, vote, to vote with your dollar. Number one, very importantly, Jessica Alba shouted out Bloodsoes as a as a local black-owned business. I also had my <laughs> engagement party there. Yeah. And it was tasty. And it was tasty. But also, I think the it's way that you can- Outstanding. It's really good. The way you could keep it from being daunting, I think, is instead of being like, okay, I have to change everything I'm buying, just like next time you need to buy yes. a bottle of wine, next time you need to buy a sunscreen, just look it up. Or because by the way, that's- a big part of, I mean, aside from the Black Lives Matter, the um, the murdering of black people, they're also, we're talking about visibility, mm-hmm. you know, considering them a seat at the table. So while you naturally would be like, oh, I'll just pick this brand. And to be honest, you all often don't know who owns your brands. I was wow. actually delighted to find that a couple of brands that I do like, or a couple of stores I do like happen to be black owned. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, oh my God, good for me. But just take a little bit of extra time and just throw them a couple bucks. Mm-hmm. Because that actually goes a long way if enough people do it, if we spread it around. Yeah. Um, and also, you'll just see little bits and pieces. Like, I just read that uh, Band-Aid is now going to come out with actual flesh tone bandages for everyone. But, okay, so someone replied and was like, what about broundages, which have been around forever, broundages on Instagram, bandages Well, they could have been around people. forever because Instagram hasn't been around forever. Well, they've just been, it's but like. But it's true. I've, I've looked at Band-Aid forever and I'm like, it's a, it's a white skin tone. Yeah. And, and tan, those gross, like the oh, super the packy, ace bandagey thick, looking the ones, thick yeah. Ones, but for the most part, it's quote unquote flesh, which was a huge issue. I remember when I was a kid with Crayola, mm-hmm. the peach-ish one that looks like white skin was called oh, flesh. Yeah. So the idea, if you're a black person, and most people don't think about this stuff, and I certainly didn't until someone said something about it. Yeah. Most people don't think like if you're black and everyone's telling you, oh, the color of flesh is white. You're like, well, mm-hmm. where do I fit in? So I think that's great. I, I looked at the image for Band-Aid and what they were offering, and it's like this uh, cornucopia, not cornucopia, but it's yeah. this scale. Yeah. It's not just white and tan and black. It's like f- a couple colors in between. Yeah. I vote, since no one's skin color is actually even the color of the white person Band-Aid, everyone should have to deal with that suffering. So there's one brown one, one tan one, one white person one, and purple albinos like you, it'll just look like you're having a Band-Aid. Or I have an even better idea. Mm. For your Band-Aid company? Everyone. Bandage. Everyone wears the Scooby-Doo Band-Aid. Because yeah. by the way, oh. I've, I've, no one's putting on a Band-Aid like, bet this is camouflage. No one's going to see this. We all know you're wearing a fucking Band-Aid. So everyone has to wear the Scooby-Doo pattern. Do you remember, did you ever have the tattoo Band-Aid, bandages? Band-Aid is the trademark name, bandages. Do you ever have the, the ones that look like tattoos? No. Oh, you could only find them sometimes. And they truly like looked like they were find them super sometimes. cute. It looked like the, the tattoos right. that you would like put on with water. But Back to my idea. Yeah. I it, mean, I, it, as I was, a comic, I'm like, I'm all for making life difficult for everyone. So everyone gets Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Senator, you hit your forehead. There's Scooby-Doo Band-Aid. Well, also, I mean, I think as an adult, it's like you get whatever Band-Aid you get. and you. Do, but I was reading a Twitter thread where someone was like, what does it matter? And the other person's like, well, when I was a kid no, and matters. I had dark skin and I had a light Band-Aid, the other kids made fun of me because kids are mean. Kids are mean. It does matter. And it's also very easy for a white person to say, what does, what does it, matter? it matter? Right. I had a conversation with someone um, who was not Jewish, and he was saying how 
uh, they wanted to call, it was something religious. And they were like, well, let's just call it church. And I was like, but it's not church for Jewish people. And he's like, well, it's all the same. And I was like, how would you feel as a Christian if someone's like, let's just call it a mosque? Mm. And you'd be like, well, it's my church. You'd be like, well, it's all the same. So it's very easy to say that things are all the same when you're a part of the majority. Mm -hmm. And I think a big part of this recalibration is sort of looking at it from the minority standpoint and being like, is it all the same for you? So yeah, everyone gets a shitty colored Band-Aid and no one believes that it's your skin. Right, but instead of, you know, supporting Band-Aid the brand 80 years too late, maybe buy from like Brownages or something. I mean, maybe, or we also, this version of life where everyone's trying to do what's right and pivot and you're like, fuck you. And it's like, yeah, for sure, fuck you, but everybody is wrong. Everybody's right. racist. So let's, right. let's try to move forward. And, and yeah, support change, you know, but also now that we have the internet, you can find out about brandages and things like that. Now that you know, you can't unknow. You can't yeah. unring that knowledge. Bell. Very easy to Google. Next time you're buying something, don't just like sort People by heard this. Next top time. on Amazon. Okay. I don't need you to recap <laughs> what I said eloquently in the first For place. For people taking notes. No. <laughs> Caitlin Finesse. Can't get Hi, Eliza, Baby Arm, Smokey, Husky, Tianfu, and Silent Scott. What are your thoughts on this? Is it better to unfriend or unfollow those who display willful ignorance and intolerance or better to stay friends with them in order to engage with them and or see their point of view? I'm struggling with this right now. Well, I'm not because anybody who's chirping at me only follows me. I don't follow them or they're just like random troll and they come in. Um, well, what I don't about have- actual you're not really on Facebook, yeah, with no, but real I, friends. First of all, I don't look at Facebook, but I don't – look, California is extremely liberal. I am I know mostly liberal people. I don't have that in my circle. Mm. I, I may not have, like, the most – the wokest of people, but we don't have anyone. I don't have anyone that's in my immediate stratosphere vehemently disagreeing in a way that, that needs arguing. Mm. And so that's, to me, a good thing. Uh, I'll always welcome some consideration or an article or debate, but I don't have somebody like a friend blowing up my Instagram feed all day, every With day. nonsense. Uh, you know, it's, I always believe, you know, wrapping your medicine in sugar, spoonful of sugar, otherwise known as a spoonful of sugar, not wrapping your medicine. There's way people get, we get so incensed and people just go at each other. Even if you're hundred percent right, if you're screaming at me, it's really hard to want to hear that. So if there's a way you can have a dialogue with them, you know, maybe you could both learn something. The mute button is a beautiful thing. And I've said this a lot of times, you can mute someone that way. It's not going to be a thing, but since we're all talking about being anti-racist versus just- And confronting it head on, yeah. If, you know, uh, the world is not on your shoulders, but this change comes from these real conversations. So I suggest you de-escalate it. Get him to a face-to-face thing because people are a lot bolder online. Well, face-to-face in video. Don't go around them. (laughs) I'm not the fucking CDC. Like, I can't have everything I say be like, but also- I'm correcting. I'm here with the rules. It's really boring and annoying. Wear your mask. Wear your mask when you confront racists. 99% of the things that are said online, no one would say to your face. And when Mm -hmm. I was posting positive stuff about Black Lives Matter and people were mad at me, I'm like, say it to a black person. I fucking dare you. So there's face-to-face. There's a conversation. Try to approach it from, hey, like I'm not trying to vilify. Nobody wants to believe that they're bad. Mm -hmm. And people are even doing good things, not realizing that they're bad. A lot of liberals are absolutely the deep, most deeply stupid people. (laughs) And I, you're trying, so 
Number one, I think you can tell based on someone's post if they are hateful or if they are ignorant. And if they are ignorant, talk to them in private. Most people are ignorant. Very few are hateful, actively hateful. Right. So instead of commenting like, you stupid idiot, maybe message them and say, hey, actually, I think, you know, you've got some of your facts wrong. Or, or But by the way, there's tone is often is often undetected even. Uh, I mean, you can, I've seen comments that kind of become positive because someone's like, Hey, actually here's a resource, but it is very easy to read almost anything in a, in an angry tone. Sometimes I read emails in a good tone and a bad tone just to see which it is. Cause I often take offense to things and I'm like, well, let me try reading it with a smile. Um, but I do, th- you, you do your best. You'd be like, Hey, here's this thought. would love to talk with you about this. Um, Try not to get into one of those arguments where you're just giving them facts and they're just poking holes in it. Yeah. Because people will do that all day long. And and uh, take breaks. And just know that you're doing what you can and try to do a little bit more. Right. And if, if you are friends with someone and you feel comfortable, you know, confronting them, great. If you don't, you're free to delete them. Like, because you, you can if only I, do so much. If they want to talk to you about it, be like, great. I just, you know, I couldn't do, deal with this anymore. I just, mm-hmm. it was too much. Uh, that's it. And uh, but again, the mute button, beautiful thing. No one gets offended and you mm-hmm. don't have to look at their bullshit. This is just in life too. Kick it. Carol Owen. Hi, Liza, Emily and co. I'm always having trouble taking in both enough news content and also the right news content. I tend to either flood myself with news and get in a sad mood or I just ignore what's going on and not inform myself. I know that all news is reported somewhat biased, but do you have any suggestions or recommendations for good news sources for a daily read? Thanks for all that you do. Still can't wait to see you in Basel this year, hopefully. Um, I feel like you're not American. And I wonder, you know, Al Jazeera, this is so random, got all this negative press because it's Middle Eastern and they covered 9-11. So everyone thought this was a thing that people thought was like a terrorist news network. Other countries tend to deliver less biased news because they're just reporting on the facts, like a BBC Mm. type thing. If it's in the US, I think the Wall Street Journal tends to do a good job. I think the Washington Post does a good job. I mean, these are all, for the most part, they're going to be liberal leaning or conservative leaning. What's important is that, because you're going from one to one, we all get that activism fatigue. It's okay to take breaks. I went to a rally the other day and this girl spoke with such passion and I was like, oh my God, if I don't go to a rally tomorrow, it's a big deal. And I looked on her page and she was drinking with her friends that night, which she should be. Like you can take, it's not completely on you. Everybody needs to have a life. Read a couple tweets. Don't go into a scroll. Uh, Just regulate that drip. The people that are like, I always read both sides. And I'm like, I think it happens a lot less. People would love for you to think that they wake up, they have a piece of dry toast, they jerk off, and then they uh, watch CNN and Fox News at the same time, and then they just vomit out the truth. Very few people do that. Read between the lines. And my biggest piece of advice, always watch the whole clip. Mm-hmm. whether it's an interview, because people, their job is to get you to click so that they get ad shares from this. So there's like a, there's this cl- a clip and it's a conservative and a liberal and they're going at it. Always watch the whole thing because people will take a headline and be like, look at this idiot. And then you realize, oh, they just messed up a word, but it actually wasn't that dumb. Not all conservatives are as dumb as liberals would have you believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and not all liberals are bleeding hearts. So just watch the whole thing and try to ask yourself, constructive questions don't just and by the way you can support people without blindly following them just because i like an article that you wrote or i go to your thing doesn't mean that i agree with your entire ideology Mm, i mean i think at this point it's important as a lot of news organizations are being questioned for their unfair practices um to 
not just blindly rely on one or the other, I mean, but look, go by article by article. Who's writing this? Where is this coming from? I mean, you got to put in the work, maybe take in less news content, but put in the research to know that it's, it's fact-based. Who's owned by, right? Everything's owned by Lockheed Martin, which is owned by the Shinehart Wig Company. Shout out to 30 Rock. Kick it. Kick it. All right. Kick it hard. Mahan Megan has an important question for you. Have you gotten your paint by numbers yet? I bought them as a quarantine no. activity in March and they never arrived. I was looking for <laughs> a way to self-soothe. This is pre-Black Lives Matter. Well, they've always mattered, but it's pre this uh, iteration of the movement. Um, Cause it's not like I'm just some white lady painting away while the world is burning. And this is right at the onset of COVID. I was like, okay, well, the world has shut down. I have mm. no more job and I can't just tear my hair out and endlessly work on my screenplays. So what a lot of people do adult coloring books or they took up different hobbies. And I saw this ad for a paint by numbers. You send in a picture and you can paint it. This mm-hmm. was in March. Mm-hmm. I ordered this. End it's June. Well, so now, I you always take up for the business. Well, because they did say you're a pawn. Okay. So I am actually for this person, Mahaya, Mahayan Megan, if you, DM Askalize back. There is a private Facebook group for people who have bought this thing and are waiting on it. And people share. What's the brand called? Uh, you can I don't want to say them. Who cares? Nothing takes because custom ordered onyx carved bathtubs. They don't take this long. If you would are you talking over me on purpose? That you nobody wants to hear that. The info, Emily. They're don't talk over me. Their legal rights. Okay, you're a jerk. So there's a Facebook group with about twenty thousand people that I. Applied for and What's got the accepted to. It's called Max Novelty. Okay. And I got accepted to their Hold private. On. You're talking about voting with your dollar. Like, I understand it's going to take a couple of weeks, but like this defeats the purpose of an activity during lockdown if there's a fucking cure for this disease before I get my paint by number. Look, you can join this group and everybody talks about how they don't have their paint by numbers yet. <laughs> I think that says something. A 20,000 strong Facebook group. That could be dedicating those resources to Black Lives Matter. Some people are painting their things and sharing their paintings. It's about half and half paintings and then people. But I mean, here's the problem. You can't return it because it's custom. You bought something without asking me. When you search for this site, that's one of the Facebook groups. All the other Facebook groups are, this company is a scam. Don't buy from (gasps) them. It takes eight years. So you're just (laughs) trying to get more control over my life. I'm sorry I made a purchase. I'm fine with you making a purchase, but you did. You made a purchase that you didn't read and you didn't research, and now here we are. Why would I have to do that? Must read. It shouldn't be this way. This whole caveat mTOR and go fuck yourself. Like, yeah, buyer beware because you you didn't compare and get the best price. Not I ordered a custom thing. I can't return it because it's custom, and you didn't realize how many people would order it. You gotta go on Shark Tank. Oh, we don't have enough supply. <laughs> Assholes. We're gonna get it. It's it's in the mail. Listen to me. No, it's not. If I don't have, it's in China. Uh, great. Great. Well, that sounds reliable and trackable. Kick it. Sam underscore sit underscore cats at play. I find that as my coworkers are and I are getting back to work, you can tell the overall mental health is poor. I have employees who are fine at work but go home and have panic attacks, are not sleeping at night, or are generally not okay. How can I perk up the workplace, make it feel like a fun, safe place to be in these unsure times? Hire an improv troupe. No, no right. one wants that. Everybody loves improv. That would be the worst thing to happen to no, me no. if I went into work. You're saying this because you work for a comedian and you've, you've gotten a taste for the finest of comedy. <sighs> if you just worked in like a random shoe plant. If I work in a shoe plant, what I want is so I want a cotton candy machine. I want to. Why? 
dartboard. You already have these things wanna... in your home. <laughs> uh, I mean, look, they're happy hour. I don't know what you do for your job, uh, other human, but snacks go a long way. Venting, like a safe, like a like a half hour of venting, a yoga in the middle of the day, just something for like stress relief. Um, letting maybe bring in like a human resources, like therapist kind of person, so people can vent. Um, and just letting people know that they aren't alone. I think some of us saw the Don't Panic Pantry where I had a bit of an emotional breakdown and I felt I felt okay after that. I went to bed with a throbbing headache, but... I got concerned DMs of people who just came in at the end and they were like, is Eliza okay? And I'm like, why? And they're like, did you watch? And I was like, no. Weirdly, that episode <laughs> disappeared. Well, but then, you know, you did the um, the Danielle Pacente, the live Instagram, and you raised all the money for the Loveland Foundation. Too. Well, she was telling me that there had been a lot of glitches that week. Yes, we talked about this. Um, so... so- my point is you don't realize how not alone you are until you have the strength to voice how you're feeling. Um, and absence of uh, communicating to one another, yes, you can get a cotton candy machine. I, I would mean, say play Twister, but you'll get sued. Don't touch each other. Touch each um, other a lot. Deep mouth kisses. Forced penetration. Honestly, it, maybe nobody wants like a forced um, a happy hour. Penetration. Is- a happy hour is tough because it's usually they do it like after work, then you have to stay. You're like, no, I'd rather just go home. At noon. But if you do it at like three, have an early day, and then you guys can just talk about not work stuff. Yeah. Some sort of team building exercise too. Oh, just yeah. to, you know, I think there are people that you can bring in. Watch for this. a movie. Yeah. You're like, do what I do. Just do what I do at my home. Uh, but I do think bringing in someone so you can just talk, I think that really helps to alleviate that so people don't feel so alone. Right. There's also taco trucks. Black yeah. owned taco trucks. Or where it's possible, let people have like a half day on Friday. Sure. You know, something that will you boost can wear, morale where they'll still get work done. You can wear jeans. Yes, Smithers, we'll <laughs> let them wear blue jeans. I, I, I'm very, I let you do whatever you want. I know. And I was reading something about how Henry Ford like really shortened the work week and it increased productivity. That oh. it's just, it makes a big difference. Was that while he was supporting Nazis? He's a monster. Okay. But, but sure. it's just one of those things where the workforce is going to change as people realize that their jobs can be done from yes, home, um, can be done in less hours. Let so me say this. You want to be ahead of the curve in terms mm-hmm. of flexibility. You don't mm-hmm. want to be the business that's like, all right, let's make sure everyone gets back here all the time. No, we have seen a better tomorrow. And we've mm-hmm. seen that you don't need to commute and you can do work at home. So leaning into that and trusting your employees. Then again, you could be talking about an assembly line, which well, means they're going to be there. I, I think for the most part, yes, you you have to trust your employees. If you don't trust your employees, I don't know why they're there. But if you tell people Fridays are a half day, I would, I would, all, I would guarantee I would stake some cotton candy on it that people would get the, their work done. Can I just tell you something? Things wouldn't just not happen. I mean, I don't know. Cotton candy is a terrible idea, and here's why. I don't. I'm not. It's, I don't know why that's my go-to. I'm like not several that times now. about it. I know anything high in sugar, you're that, gonna crash. That in a funnel cake, it's not. Oh my god, it's not great. Like you get it, and then you're like, I don't know about this. Do you work at Six Flags? Like, where are you getting these ideas from? What's a fun truck that can come in? I, okay, we thought about this on the set of the last movie we did. You brought coffee in a- truck. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't do a half day, people love to. We got it was a Brazilian coffee truck, mm-hmm. and he he sculpted with coffee foam. A tushy in the foam and it shook. I have it on my phone. It's a butt. Um, uh, coffee truck, donut truck, ice cream truck. And the cheaper team bo- boosting morale version of that is Cooking. bring in donuts. Yeah, bring in donuts. Bring in like Dunkin', like get also, everyone a coffee on the company, like a fun coffee. Sit down and be like, who loves drugs? 
What kind of drugs do you love? No. Kick it. Okie doke. So, I can't, by the way, I can't wait for Top of the Cob. Oh. I have gone from nervous to post stuff to just like don't fucking at me and I don't swing on enough people in my comment section. Don't bother, please. It's Everyone's a bot. Uh, everyone's a bot. And people have better things to do than like police me for like one wrong sentence. Um, I'm a good person and if you come at me in my comment section, it won't be fun for you. Uh, Sonia Aguire. Hi, Eliza and Emily. This week, I will be saying goodbye to my beautiful dog, Lucy. She's been with me for 15 years and my heart is breaking despite knowing that I'm making the right decision because she has several health issues and I don't want her to suffer. I wanted to ask any advice to help me when she is gone. She is my world and I can't imagine my life without her. Thank you and give Tianfu a big hug and kiss for me. I would point you to the beautiful eulogy that I wrote not only at Blanche's death, but a year later, I wrote something recently. You are going to, I've talked about this before, people with their pets. We've passing. talked about it, but uh, okay, I Okay, mean, let me say this. It's going to hurt for a very long it, time. And I suggest that you feel all of that. People are always like, it's okay to cry. I'm like, oh, I know. Like, mm-hmm. I don't have a problem expressing myself. Feel it, cry, cry every single time you feel like it. Sniff mm-hmm. her collar. You know, I gave away a lot of her stuff. We sat Shiva and now all my friends that have dogs have bits of Blanche things. Have <laughs> They took a piece of my dog. Um, do whatever you need to do, whether it's writing to her, posting pictures, do what you need to do. And one day I promise you, and it won't be that far away because it's not a human. That's just the God's honest truth. One day you won't cry. And mm. one day you'll be like, oh my God, remember Lucy? And you'll, when she did this one thing and you'll smile and you'll laugh. I did cry alone when I was writing Blanche's, like the, all the stuff about her on her, the anniversary of her year of her passing. Mm-hmm. But I hadn't cried about her in months. Yeah. Like maybe like nine months. So you will get through it. Mm-hmm. I really believe dogs are, they're not human. I really believe dogs aren't humans. And another thing about science, I really believe that they are these special balls of energy that are specifically put in your path, like people, but it's different with a dog because it's so pure. That's why it hurts even more. There's no, well, that dog was sometimes, and like dogs are purely good. They love you unconditionally. I believe animals are put in our path to get us through things and show us something about ourselves. And then their job is done. Her job is done. Think about where you were 15 years ago mm-hmm. and all that she's gotten you through. And she did her little job and she's on her way now. And I think the difference between this question and, and the times you've answered this before is that it's hard when you know that it's going to happen, when yeah. you are making that choice and you're making that choice for all the wrong reasons and you are doing the right thing and it's still easy just, to think what if. And Just that's know that hard. she's fine. Lucy's like, oh, I did my job. She's fine. She's a good girl. You're doing the best thing for her. That's it. And that's, yeah, that's And you it. do whatever you got to do to get through it. And anyone who doesn't understand that, mm-hmm. may God have mercy on their soul. Mm-hmm. Hi, Liza. My this- dog have mercy on their soul. <sighs> Hi, Liza. This may be controversial because it's a religious question, but I'm going to ask anyway. Thrive on dot, it. Dot, dot, dot. Is slash was Tianfu or Blanche Jewish? If so, Will did, would you throw them a bark mitzvah? I saw it on TikTok and thought it would be so cute if they were Jewish too. If not, what religion, if any, do you think each pooch prays to? Love you and baby arms. Huge fan. Okay, it's baby arm. You only have the one. Uh... Blanche was Jewish because her name was Blanche Schlesinger. I like that I can't tell if this question is like being facetious or like is really like, I don't want to imply anything about your dog's religion. We're Jewish. I mean, I'm Jewish. The dog is as Jewish as it is appropriate for Instagram. 
Uh, animals are not allowed in synagogues. I don't even belong to one, so it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has to do with like the desecration of the first temple like thousands of years ago. Anyway, um, she was Jewish in that, you know, she could be there at Jewish holidays, but I re- I'm not a crazy person, so I'm not applying religion to the dog. A bark mitzvah, I, that's, I just, that's not my thing. Um, I draw these random lines with what you will and won't do. Would I have married my dog? Would I have married Blanche if it was legal? Yes. Did you have a wedding for Blanche? Did yes. I have, yes. Was it a secular wedding? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Tian Fu is a Chinese dog. So chances are, if she's not converted to like Chinese Baptist, like we see a lot of the churches, then she's probably mm, Buddhist, some sort of Taoist. Um, the truth of the matter is she's not that bright. And um, I think it would just be too much on her plate to explain to her that there's a divine power ruling over us all. So that's the answer. I don't like that. Well, she got a biscuit for her nose. She also looks like a beluga whale. So perhaps science is her God. How does a beluga whale have four legs and eat bits of honeydew off my plate? Science. Hey, Eliza. Thanks for keeping the podcast up and running during quar. I need No your- one calls it quar. I've heard it. Stop trying I've to- I've heard make- it in the pod. Stop trying to make I've heard it happen. on the streets. I need your love advice. So no here's the sitch. No one call you wouldn't call it that. This guy and Hold I. On. The teen. Like you want to have like Ew. a sticky suffix or prefix. And quar is not a prefix. Quar is just, it's hard to say. Quar. I am the quar. The- Feed me assistance. This guy and I were really good friends in ninth grade. And then as we progressed mm. through high school, we drifted apart. Now, five years later. From when? So that's from ninth grade. So that's like. So that's your freshman year. So this person's like 18 maybe. Okay. Now, five years later, we reconnected and he said we should get together. So we went out for coffee twice. Why are you drinking coffee? You're too young. This was about a few months ago. Around that time, we both entered relationships with other people. But now I just found out that we are both single again. Should I reach out during quarantine, ask how he is? Or should I wait until after quarantine when we can actually grab a coffee again? What would you do? Any (laughs) advice is much appreciated. Thanks for the laughs. You are a queen and the queen has a W in it. Okay. Um... Yeah, fuck it. First of all, you're 19, 20. So this is the vibe. High, this is highly likely this will not be the love of your life. You've got nothing to lose. May as well get to know this person. Use them for entertainment. Um, chances are you live in a place where the quarantine ban will be lifted because our economy needs a boost. You can still go get that coffee. Mm-hmm. It, this person is not, it doesn't matter. Yes. The answer is yes. Reach out to him. Who it's cares? fine. Okay, so you have weird sex with some dude one summer before you go back to your sophomore year of college. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Can count them on several hands. Kick it's it. fine. Yep. Okay, we have another person that asks... He's into you, by the way. If you're a breathing woman, he's into you. Another onstage page underscore. Hi, Liza. I just had a quarantine breakup. Thankfully, we weren't living together, but we were together for 3.5 years. Any tips on how to be post-breakup while still isolating? So not living together, just alone and broken up with in a home. I feel like this is the time that you should get really creepy... And like go through Instagram and Facebook and like look at old boyfriends, not that one. And like maybe look up hot dudes. No, um, there's, it's so hard to take this advice because I remember being in my twenties. I remember being like, oh my, I wrote about this in Girl Logic, my book. It's on Amazon. It's also on Audible. I'm just like, oh my God, I want a boyfriend. We want love. We want all the things the movies promised us. Mm-hmm. It's really, and especially in your twenties, you're like, I'm super hot. I'm horny. I'm ready to fuck. It's not the worst thing. Read a couple of books. 
You know, you don't have to, I, I don't know what you look like, but working out just to feel good, doing things that soothe your soul and however, but I get it. I remember being in my twenties and being like, I don't want to be alone. Are there boys at this bar? Then I don't want to go. Is my boyfriend calling me? I don't care. Am I texting with a guy? Then I don't care. Try to do a little bit of emotional growth. Three and a half years is a long time to be in a, re- what, how old is this person? Why do I think they're in their early twenties? Uh, they don't say. Why am I making that up? Okay, whatever. I don't know. But still, all that still applies. Three and a half years is a very long time to be in a relationship. And mm-hmm. barring out the idea that you just weren't working and it was awful, mm-hmm. it sounds like just a normal relationship that broke up. You need a little bit of time to mourn that relationship, even if you don't realize it. Yeah. Because what you don't want to do, now granted, everyone's in our life for a reason, which is a great way to explain away tragedy. Uh, and everything happens for a reason, which is a great way to explain away unfortunate circumstances. Um, you don't want a really great guy to come into the picture and you just aren't emotionally and spiritually there yet. And mm-hmm. then you've got to be like, oh, it's not me. Give yourself a beat. Just, you know, mm-hmm. read some books, get off, eat something tasty, connect with your friends. Yeah. Otherwise, you're the girl that just goes from relationship to relationship. Yeah. Get drunk. Go. Oh, I guess you can't go out. Don't go out. Just try to enjoy being alone or with friends or with family before you. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. The universe is not going to plop another guy in your lap right now, and it's going to be gross if they do. Yep. Okay, Steph. Unless you're really hot, and I don't know, because I don't know who you are. Take it. Steph says- Don't roll you. Take a deep breath like you're annoyed with me, my show. Hi, Eliza. Emily Hotscotty, number one in Chianfu. I got married three years ago, and I still can't stand to look at my pictures. I was on medications that caused a lot of weight gain, which made me hate the way I looked. Ugh. I've since gone off those meds. I exercise regularly, and I feel mostly like my old self. I don't want to do a bow renewal because it just sounds like a nightmare. My question, is it stupid to redo our photos now that I don't hate how I look? No, I think if you want to get, like, anniversary photo, like, cute photos, I'd be curious to know if you still have, like, the wedding dress and you're doing a full-on recreation or if you just take nice photos together. I honestly, that's a tough one. Because when you explain the reason, I'm like, my first thought, as you're saying, I was like, why don't you just put the dress back on and take new pictures now? Mm-hmm. You know? Well, the dress is going to fit different, but. Here's something I think you need to understand. That. He was marrying you and that's what you were going through at that time and whatever Mm -hmm. disease or medical issue, like that's a part of your story and part of the bond. Mm -hmm. And so I understand you want to display this beautiful picture in your home and you, you don't want people looking at that and being like, oh, well, there is part of that. Mm -hmm. You want to be proud of the image. You do whatever you need to do to feel better. Mm-hmm. And I think every woman is nodding along. If you want to put on that wedding dress, take new pictures. You want Great. to get a different dress, maybe mm-hmm. not a wedding dress, something beautiful, and take some gorgeous pictures. And that's what you put Just up. Just nice anniversary shoot. But I know that feeling when you have something big happen and you can never look at the pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, in time, I bet you'll be able to look at them. I think it's still kind of raw now. I, I definitely know what you're talking about. You're like, I just don't want to look at that. Um, it takes a lot of perspective, but don't be so ashamed because I bet you don't look as horrible as you thought. You just thought you were going to look better than you did. Mm-hmm. But yo, my, I have one wedding picture up. Like you are not, this isn't the fifties where it's like, here's a picture of my husband and I on our mm-hmm. wedding and here's my vacuum. Like you can put up other pictures, but yeah, do whatever you need to do. And you know what? I don't think a vow renewal is a bad idea. It's a great way to get another party. It's, it's a expensive. great way to get to dress up. I don't know what kind of money you have. And I don't know, maybe do it in your backyard, you know? You want to get a beautiful picture of the two of you, you you go do it. 
Definitely get the photo. I will say about vow renewals in the reality industry, they are a kiss of death. And every single couple that has ever done a vow renewal has later gotten divorced because people tend to do it to like salvage something. But that's right. But that's not what she's doing. And those people are hot garbage trash. Mm -hmm. So Uh, what if you just have a nice anniversary party and you both share some nice words about each other? I also like I could see my friends not batting an eye at this. If I was like, hey, I mean, I look great on my wedding, no man. But I could be like, hey, I looked really bad. I want great pictures. And everyone would be like, we're on board. What friend wouldn't want to be part of a fun occasion celebrating you? Yeah. You know? Maybe you can't really ask for gifts again, but, no. you know, have a You're nice party. A, hey, we're throwing a party. Come on by. We've got food and liquor. Mm-hmm. Everyone dress up. I want, that's okay. Whatever. You don't only want to fucking answer. Just do it. Yeah. Okay. Anonymous? And the good news is your quarantines. You have all day to do your makeup. <laughs> and plan. Anonymous, hey, Liza and Emily. I have a friend who over a year ago cheated on her husband with a coworker. This friend is 27. Wait, I have a friend who over a year ago cheated, okay, on her on husband, her with, husband a with a coworker. Sometimes this information comes very fast. Okay. This friend is 27. This friend is 27. Has been married for six years. Been married since they were 21. Has a five-year-old daughter. It's a five-year-old daughter. She claims she fell in love with the man she cheated with who is also married. Oof. She asked him to leave his wife and start a new life with her. He rejected her, and she was so upset she ended up quitting her job. Now she still obsesses over him and emails him to the point of being blocked on all social media and her email account. How do I help her get over him? I've suggested counseling, which she agrees to but never does. She claims she loves her husband more than ever and things are great in their marriage, but she still uses my phone to check his social media since she's been blocked and talks about him a lot. Thanks so much. Love your work. Don't let her use your phone anymore. Don't yeah. enable her. You can start by controlling what you have. Yeah. Yeah. Don't let her use your phone. I, I mean, ha- it's not on you, but but don't let her use your phone. I think that there is a come to Jesus to have with your friend. I love you. I love that things are going great. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be part. I don't want to hear about this man. You want to hang out. You want to hang out with your daughter and talk to me and do whatever. Great. I don't want to hear about Charles. Naming him Charles. I don't want to hear about him. I don't mm-hmm. want to enable this. It's uncomfortable for me because I have to see your husband and you are making me a party to what you are doing. Don't make a jerk off out of me. How has there not been a come to Jesus with her husband? Like, does her husband fully not know about this? Who knows? Who fucking knows? And it's none of your business because they it, it could be an addiction issue or whatever. She's clearly lying to herself. Mm-hmm. You also can cut this person out of your life and be like, I can't, I can't keep seeing your husband and this. If you wanted to leave your husband, that'd be one thing, but you're living this life and you're, and you're lying to me as your friend, you're telling me everything's fine, yet you're obsessively checking his things. This is not healthy behavior. I mean, if this was a man doing it to a woman, it would be like, yeah. So just you, you don't want to be part of her lying to her husband and you're uncomfortable with this behavior. Yeah. That's it. I think Absolutely. Or just be like, I don't have a phone anymore. I don't have, I don't have any apps. It's a flip phone yeah. and it's leased. Oof. Okay. Are you worried? This is anonymous. Yeah. Are you worried about Tianfu acting out when you go back to work? I've been working from home since the end of February because of the pandemic. And I'm personally worried about one of my dogs when my office opens back up. Previously, she's eaten books, mailboxes, et cetera. When she's upset when I'm gone, pretty sure she'll eat my whole house. Miss your stand-up. Hope you all can get back to it soon. I work very hard to configure my life so that everything fits into my life nicely. The reason I wanted Blanche to have on the road, but I didn't know this about her when I got her, Blanche would, I don't mean to speak ill of the dead, 
would lose her mind mm-hmm. when I left. Mm-hmm. From early on when I got her, she I got brand new carpet in my condo and she tore up all the carpet by the door and I had given her a huge room to play in. Mm-hmm. Uh, one time she like pried open metal bars off a crate and got mm-hmm. out. Um, she took a dump in more than one person's bed. <laughs> she definitely has like ripped her nails bloody. Yeah. She, I set up a camera once and looked at footage of her hitting the handle of the door with her mouth until her mouth bled and the door opened. So, and I, so a big part of the reason I took Blanche everywhere was because she was, she knew the deal. She's like, I'll be so well behaved. I'll sit in the back. and won't say nothing. Mm-hmm. And she, that was like this tacit agreement we had. So a big part, it's not like, oh my God, Eliza's so codependent. It's no, my dog will lose her shit and destroy something. And no one knew that because she was such a well-behaved lady. Mm-hmm. Tian Fu, I wanted to bring her everywhere because it's fun to bring a dog everywhere. And we discovered recently that Tian Fu sometimes throws up in the car and would prefer to not be in the car. She will sit by the door quietly and just wait till you get home. Part of me is like, that sucks. I want to bring her. And sometimes we do. And I'd like to bring her on the road. Uh, so the answer is, I don't think about it. Tianfu's fine. She actively does everything she can not to get in the car and just sits by the door. Poor baby. She says, I'm just made of donuts. I'm just made of biscuits. She's fine. I mean, well. Some dogs. And by the way, I had Blanche for nine years. I always came home to her and she never understood that I was coming back. Some lessons for some dogs, especially rescues, just can't be learned. Yeah. So but it is going to be hard when everyone has set up different expectations with their animals and then have to change that. Yeah, that'll be I hard mean, for dog you. Dog trainers are going to make great money after this ends. Had a dog trainer. Dog still barely knows her name. You don't kick it. <sighs> what? I had two dog trainers. You have dog trainers and then you don't do what they tell you I, to that do. That is not true. <laughs> okay. I will, I will fight you. That is not true. I will fight you. That is not true. We worked so hard. You followed everything. And Tianfu is very stupid. (laughs) Biscuit knows. Very much does what she wants. And yes, I don't really care enough. She doesn't, look, she doesn't pee on the floor. She doesn't hurt anything. Uh, What am I? I'm not raising a road scholar. I don't care. It's a dog. Okay. Do whatever she wants. Anonymous asks. Feed her honeydew and rub her belly. Okay. Anonymous asks, have you come across any ways that might be appropriate and helpful for white folks to recognize Juneteenth aside from acknowledging it? Now, I thought this was an interesting question because I had not heard of it. So I, excuse me, my wokeness is blinding you. I did know what Juneteenth was because Mm -hmm. in Dallas, they have a big Juneteenth celebration. And I would listen to rap stations growing up and they would always talk about it. uh, Because it's not something that it's like a a white thing. It's a, it is a black thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so I knew what it was. Well, for anyone who doesn't, like me, Kick it. Juneteenth is in two days from when you are reading this. It is the oldest nationally celebrated commemoration of the ending of slavery. So it's really cool how you memorized that and like didn't read that off a Wikipedia page. <laughs> well, it's interesting because it, it's it's based on a date when a, a major general landed in Galveston, Texas with news that the enslaved were now free. So I'm sure that that's an area that's talking about it a little. And Texas was like, what? Sorry, we can't hear you. Right. You have to speak loud. Okay, well, we'll just talk about it later. Well, this was two and a half years after the Emancipation Proclamation. For sure. So oh, sorry, we didn't get that. It, it is a thing that... I was unaware of that was being celebrated. In a lot of communities, there are Juneteenth celebrations. There are, maybe there's a parade or something. Look, you're not going to go to someone's house for like a cookout, but you do have a right to attend public events. I believe Mm -hmm. that people should have safe spaces where they're allowed to congregate. And you know what? 
If it's all black people, maybe if this mm-hmm. is a large event, go. Just like you would go to a Day of the Dead celebration. I remember we painted our faces for and people were, of course, white people like, it's so racist. I'm like, really? Because I'm pretty sure it was a Mexican woman who asked me if I wanted my face painted for like $15. There is a way to go and observe and eat the food of and pay and contribute to by just being a body at other people's celebrations. You don't have to do anything other than go and and just be there and observe. And even just read up on it because I like maybe you're like me and you did not know there was this holiday. But by the way, let's say you go and let's say there's concessions and these are black, I would hope, black-owned concessions or that money is going to some sort of black charity. You are putting your money toward something in that community. Mm-hmm. You're not showing up, setting up your own shop and like not letting it. No, shop. but like you're paying for the part. Like yeah. you're paying for these things. Mm-hmm that are being run by this community. So you are contributing and you have a right to be there and just be respectful and that's right. it. Jo- join in, don't try to take it over. That's it, yes. Know? Join in, don't try to take it over. People lost it. I posted this thing that was like, suggested guidelines for white participation at uh, a protest. Mm-hmm. I didn't write this. No. They never even occurred to me because I kind of naturally did them on my own. I don't want to lead a chant. I don't want to speak at a Black Lives Matter rally. Right, it's not your time. Yeah, there are things you have to say and you can have those conversations, but it's, a, you know, sharing that microphone. And people were so mad. How dare you tell me how to act? I'm like, really? Because at a woman's rally, I don't want a, a guy getting up there and explaining to me how women are. Yeah. When you're of the group, you don't need someone not of the group telling you what, I appreciate your allyship. I want your help. Totally. I want you to be there. But people took it as a way to get stronger. And then this really large social media account regrammed it and they tagged me. And I, they were like, thanks so much. I'm like, I you don't need to tag this. me. I didn't write it. I don't know yeah. who wrote it. I don't know where I got it. Mm-hmm. Um, probably from another white person. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if you can just remove the righteous indignation at things. And if you and can the just- ego. Yeah. No one's saying you can't go, but like, are you really, do you really want to yell to a bunch of black, black people? Like say her name. Like, so now you're telling black people to yell Brianna Taylor. Just go. If for what it's worth, I don't participate in chants at uh, at protests. I will not yell "fuck the police." That's just not the way that I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't do the chanting. I, as a comic, I I don't want to be told when I speak, but I also don't have to speak. I don't want to. I don't agree with every single thing just because we have a systemic and systematic issue with race in this country. Doesn't mean that you and I are always going to agree on everything. Mm-hmm. But I support them having that voice and going. And so for Juneteenth, you can just go, you can pay to eat the food, you can be part of it, you can watch. You can read about it, post about, about it. it. Yeah. Try not to be an asshole. Yeah. That's all. I went it. to a rally. It was less of a protest and more of like a rally. And it was led by a bunch of black women. Mm-hmm. Even that sounds racist. A bunch of black women. But it was. It was all black women put together. Um, and the attendees were largely white. It was in West Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And these black women got up and they gave these impassioned speeches and spoke about their experiences. And it was actually to say beautiful makes it like they're like on display, but what they were talking about was very moving. And I was just kind of listening and you know, it is tempting, especially as a comedian, especially as a performer, like you want to be like, yeah, let's fucking do it. And you all want to feel good. So it is a lesson to kind of sit there and just quietly observe, uh, which I did. And this black woman was on stage and she was, she was giving a really moving speech and she was talking about how black women always show up for other people, you mm-hmm. know, at different movements and protests. And like, now it's time to show up for black women. And I thought that was really interesting. And it was this rallying thing. People were like, yeah, you know. And there was this woman in the front. 
everybody was huge. Some people were standing, some people were sitting. She was white. I saw her because I saw she was wearing, I didn't know that the term was kinte print at the time. It just looked like an African print top. Western top. Mm-hmm. Like it was clearly like from a local store, but like African patina mm-hmm. over it. And I always think that's like a little weird when white people do the African thing, um, yeah. the print thing. But I saw her and the black woman on stage said something really rough. She's like, we got to show up for each other. And, and it was silent and the white woman raises a fist and she just goes, I am my sister. And I was like, you couldn't keep it in. No. Like for sure, like we'll stand up, but like you had to, and Either there's one. that, like you had to say something. And the black woman on stage just kind of took a beat, didn't, and didn't acknowledge, cause this wasn't a call and response. We had parts of that. She wasn't asking for that approval. And she just kind of let it go. And then she kept speaking. So later that night, I, and so while the woman was talking, the black woman, I found out her name mm-hmm. and I tagged her because I thought I, I really appreciate it. And I started following her and I found out she's a comic and I don't know her, but I was like, I'll give her a follow. I appreciate what she's doing. She's mm-hmm. very passionate and she seems super real. And I DM'd her. I was like, thank you so much for that education, for what you were talking about. Uh, they did this whole ceremony called libation, which has a lot to do. Maybe you probably, probably don't know this. Um, you pour out your drink in memory of your ancestors that have passed. And that's why you always see like in rap songs, you like, you pour out a 40, but like the pouring out of liquid is a very, it's an ancient tradition. And I didn't know that. So I thought that was a cool thing to connect the dots on. Anywho. So I wrote to her and I was like, Hey, thank you for that. And she was like, great. Thanks. We have so much to do. And I just wrote back. It was so intense. And the only moment of levity came when that white woman in the African print top yelled out at you. And then I said, hit send. And I was like, oh no, like what if she hates me just because I'm writing to her? And she wrote back, right? I thought I was going to have to call the police for a white woman wearing a kente print top. So it was like, it's always fun to find someone to shit on together. And that brought she and I together. And now I just kind of watch her from afar. Yeah. But as a white person, I think all white people, I think all of our buttholes went when that woman yelled something out. Right. In an African print top. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Why are you doing this? Democrats with the kente print scarves. Mm. That was oof, bridge too far. Check it. Anonymous. How do you deal with an overbearing family? My mom tends to get upset that I don't go see her as much or that I don't spend weekends at home anymore. For context, I'm a 26-year-old who just recently got engaged and lives two hours from my hometown. This past year's holidays were very hard for her because I didn't stay over to wake up on Christmas Day with my other siblings, who are also full-grown adults as well. I'm the first one to be this serious with a significant other. I try to explain to her that I am an adult and starting my own life with my fiance and who I should be spending my weekends with. I often get nagged that I don't put my family first. And believe me, I go visit her still. She just wants it to be like when we were kids. Mm-hmm. And like really being 26, engaged, and a full-on adult, supporting herself, makes it weird to have a sleepover at her mom's house. Help. It sounds to me like your mom is single. I didn't get that. That feels very like, and, and I don't mean that in a disparaging way. I mean it more in like, this is what she has now or her kids. Uh Even if she isn't, it doesn't really matter. There's two facts happening here. Your mom, are you, she's married? This girl's married? She's engaged. Okay. And lives two hours from the hometown. He is your family. And like, this is a step in like, when you're married, my mom said this to me on my wedding day. She, oh my God, it makes me, it makes me want to cry. It was at my rehearsal dinner. It was in the speech. She was like, I'm going to have to get used to not being the one that you go to for everything now. And like, you're with Noah now. And like, she got that. And it's very, 
It was so big of her to say that. I think you have to have a talk with your mom. Every answer to this show is you have to have a talk. But you do. You'd be like, what would you like me to do? Are you not bringing the fiance? Are you bringing the fiance? But you, here's the thing. Your mom loves you in a way that no one will ever love you. Mm-hmm. I think no matter how much time you spend, she's still going to think it's not enough because for a mother, it's never enough. So you might just have to get used to her forever nagging you <laughs> and just dip in when you can. Yeah. I mean, that's just, you're going to have to come to some sort of. Come to Jesus. You got to get emotional and be like, I'm trying so hard to be a good fiance and be a good daughter. And you make me feel so bad. She's like, oh my God, honey dump. I don't want that. I am. I don't know. I feel like they're in the South or the Midwest. But you could have, you know, be like, I'm trying my best. What would I say to her? Be like, what would you like me to do? And then we can try to work that out, but then don't do it. Right. Because if it's Do what I do. Listen to my mom and then secretly don't do it. Be like, totally, totally got that email, but like I didn't read it. She sends me so many emails and I wake up and there's so many and I'm like, what am I supposed to read? And they're never formatted correct. There's always like forwarded from a forward. Mm -hmm. And they're always like that super elongated text where it's like eight words across and it's just like a long paragraph that looks like a Ralph's receipt. Mm -hmm. Okay. Anonymous. Hi, Liza and Emily. I've been listening to podcasts for over a year, so I have an inkling about what your response might be. (laughs) I've tried to give necessary background info. Uh, I've been listening to the podcast for over a year, so I have an inkling about what your response might be. Let me get, have a talk. Come to Jesus. <laughs> Here I go. Out, cut him out of your life. My boyfriend and I have been together for five, almost six years. We are. <laughs> Everyone's in these long relationships. We are 24 and 25. It's enough. Go I, to Europe. I need some advice on some next steps. Let me set the stage. Cut him out. Cut him out. My boyfriend has a friend, in quotes, from when he was in high school that I've told makes me. I've told him makes me uncomfortable. I know they they're gay together. Dated in quotes in high school. Oh, it's a dude. It's a girl. I I thought it was a dude. Yeah, it's a girl. Okay. In the beginning of our relationship, she would call him late at night randomly, text him as much as I would. At the time, I asked him to stop talking to her, and to my knowledge, he had. The texts from her were few and far between, and then I blocked her number. And then the little face with the little. So I think she blocked her her number on this guy's phone. Don't love that. About a month ago, we were looking at something on his phone together before bed and an unsaved number Mm -hmm. sent a text saying, I hope you had a, I hope you had a great day. Good night. It was her. I'm not looking for reports with every, I'm sorry, I'm trying to, it's two, it's two messages. I'm not looking for reports with every text, but I know that if I hadn't been looking at his phone right then, he never would have told me. When I told him I felt he was being secretive, he got defensive and said he was his best friend. She was his best friend and always will be. The conversation ended with me reluctantly saying I would have to learn to be fine with it and understand that he was going to talk to whomever he wanted to regardless of my feelings. Should have been the conversation from the get-go. In a few days, he'll be visiting his hometown, and I believe he's planning to see her. Again, I only know this by seeing a text on his phone. Is this something I should just forget about or something I should confront him on again? You, unfortunately, have set up unfair parameters. You're very young and it's not out of the question. And when you're that age, like girls are very, there's a lot of egg fertilization that can be happening. And there's a lot of like, there's a lot of like, he's just my guy friend. He's like, I want to fuck you. I don't know what this girl looks like. And I hate to say this, but like, take a look. Is she as cute as you? Is she pretty at all? Or is she really just best friend material? I also will say this. When you're younger, it's a little different. He came into the relationship with With her as his best friend. And I don't know if you've been cheated on, but, and I'm sorry, I know that you're my fan. I think this says a lot about your own insecurity. Did this girl like ever cross a line? Did she ever do anything other than be in his life? 
I really believe in don't give someone unless they give you a reason. Mm-hmm. I am this way with my husband. Like we haven't given each other a reason to question each other. So he has my password. I have his. What? Like we never look at it. We don't think about that. Right. Um. I feel like this girl would have told us if there had been texts that crossed the line and the fact that she didn't reference anything in particular other than frequency makes me think that there really hasn't been anything. Because otherwise she'd be like, look, she sent this. Isn't that, doesn't that back me up? As a girl who's had a lot of male friends and one of my best friends is a man who I text with often. All the time. All the time. Who's coming over tonight to eat burritos with me and my husband. I came into the relationship with Greg. And, and, but I will say this, my male friends who there's no sexual relationship with any of them Mm. embraced Noah and he embraced them back. Mm -hmm. No, none of the men in my life are just friends with me and have no relationship with Noah. The idea is that you bring them in and then you can all hang out. It doesn't say you were wrong to, to be like, to frame it. Like he's doing something wrong from the get go. Mm -hmm. He, however, I wonder if he made any efforts to have you guys be friends. And sometimes girls just don't want to do it because we can be catty like that. Um, You got yourself in a bit of a pickle. I say, you be cool with it. You know what would be really big of you is to like send a bottle of champagne or something. Something to be like, hey, drink this with so-and-so. Hope you guys have fun. Like just something to be like, I'm cool. Um, And if he's going to cheat on you, like better to find out now. Um, But if they've never crossed a line... It, it's that thing too where like, even if they never had any, the, just the fact that you'd want to see the text, I know you haven't, something's not being honest. Maybe you were cheated on, but like you've planted this seed of doubt before he's actually done anything. At this point, you can only wait until something happens. Yeah. You know what you should do? You fuck it. I would write that girl an email or I'd call her and I would just lay it out on the table and be like, hey Lexi, it's Morgan. And just be like, um... I just want to let you know that sorry. I really like I I'm like I feel bad and it probably says this will disarm her completely and mm-hmm. she may she maybe she won't even fuck your boyfriend. <laughs> I just want to you know it really says more about me than you. Um he's your best friend. You guys have clearly been friends for a while and I just want to say that you know I hope you have fun this weekend and I'm sorry. If if I'm sorry for I'm my Sorry if I got in the way of your friendship. Yeah, like I don't want that. I want him mm-hmm. to be happy. I, you know, you're never here, but I'd love for us all, you know, mm-hmm. I think that that's okay to do mm-hmm. and don't even tell him you're going to do it and film yourself doing it. And here's why. If that girl's a fucking bitch, then she's going to be like, oh my God, your girlfriend called and had the weirdest attitude. And you'd be like, no, I filmed it. You can hear the inflection. All right. I mean, no. that's really setting yourself up for, okay. I think you need to take a long, hard look at why you think that. Are you jealous of this girl? If she's never crossed the line and neither has he, and they've been friends for this long, mm-hmm. the other version is that he's a total fucking asshole and he's been cheating on you this whole time. Right. Men do that. That's a thing. That is a thing where it's just it's like, you can't let one go for like ego. But I'd have to look at your picture. Is it anonymous? Uh, yeah. Damn it. All right. I was going to look at you. I was going to look at the boyfriend. Then I was going to look at the friend. Mm-mm. I was going to find out. All right. Kick it. Are you ready for Tablacom? They dated in high school, though. But it sounds like it wasn't long. Let me pull it up again because it sounds like it was... Um... You're so different. High school, you're just a baby. I mean, these people are 24 and 25. They dated in high school. In the beginning of the relationship, she would call late at night randomly, and then she stopped. So it seems like she pulled back and realized there were boundaries. So what's the problem? All you can do is be super cool, and she's got to catch up with how cool you are. Like, all you can do... 
people are going to do what they're going to do. And what you don't want to do is force him away because you're being a crazy person. I can tell that you're texting even though you're looking at me. Are you ready for Top of the Cob? It's the Top of the Cob. You're doing it right every day. You just take a bite. Top of the Cob. Oh, okay. First of all, I have, I have a major and a minor Top of the Cob. My minor Top of the Cob is that I just found out that Tianfu likes honeydew. And it's very Did she cute. like it? She did. She eats things very weird. Called her stupid early. She's not stupid. She's just not a... Br- Blanche was a scholar. And Tianfu's just a sweet girl with a biscuit nose. She's very sweet. Um, and I love her. And I love being there for her. But And she loves honeydew. And I think that's very cute. Oh, I'm sorry. That's not what it was. I just wrote honeydew. Here's what it is. So before I gave her a piece of honeydew, I looked up, can dogs eat honeydew? As any dog owner, I think Google is just replete with, can dogs eat? And then it's just like chairs, mangoes, watermelons, beefsteak, mm-hmm. human appendages. Okay. So I don't know who writes these, but it's funny because if you look up, can my dog eat blank? There's always like an assertive answer. Like, yeah, they can. And then it's all this information. I just thought that this was jaunty. It was just a cute little positive message. Mm -hmm. Can my dog have honeydew? The quick answer. Yes. Dogs can eat the fruit of the honeydew melon as it is not toxic to dogs. Honeydew melon is a refreshing summer fruit that is a good source of vitamin C, potassium, and dietary fiber. Comprised of 90% water, honeydew is a very hydrating snack for both pets and people on a hot day. Oh, you (laughs) can share one like spaghetti and Lady and Tramp. Cool. Who invited this guy? (laughs) On a hot day. May I suggest adding some limon y tahine? Anyways, it's just cute. It was like, it's almost like this person that like no one ever talks to and then they finally get a question like, can dogs have honeydew? She's barking in her sleep. And they're like, yes, they can. Also, here's some other things that I know. May I suggest how you should eat it? You're like, no, weirdo. Get a fucking hobby. Anywho. What's your other top of the cob? What does this say? Weekend matter. You said you had a major and a minor. What the honeydew? What does this say? Weekend. Oh, the major one is, it's kind of sad, but it also is whatever. During the bulk of COVID-19, which of course we're seeing another huge wave of, um, yep. it was like every day was kind of gray and just bled into the next day. And you try to assemble some sense of normalcy. Um, but weekends now mean something with black lives matter, mm-hmm. something that we're focusing a lot of resources on, um, and Corona. So there's all these constraints and mental ones and everyone's angry and scared and afraid. Uh, and things are starting to open back up. The weekend finally has a little bit, I never experienced weekends like regular people. Cause that's when I work. But there is a sense of like, oh, it's Friday. Like I cannot look at the I at the computer. I can take a break. Yeah, it ha- you're right. In the last couple weeks, th- there feels like there's more of a delineation. Like yesterday, I was like, oh, it's Thursday. Tomorrow's Friday. Yeah. And then Friday night, I'm going to have fun. I'm going to watch the new Judy Greer movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the old Judy Greer movie or any Judy Greer movie. I kind of give myself a break. I work really hard during the week. I write for hours. I do work. Wait, is that why I'm feeling a delineation? Is that you are taking a break? Yes. And I'm just like kind of. <laughs> you do- know what? I don't think I got a single email from you last weekend. And that's the difference. So yeah. this is good. Your top of the cob is good for me. I was off on my own. I just, I really believe in earning that break. Like I want to, mm-hmm. at f- like five o'clock we do it on Panic Pantry and if I have a drink, I want to be like, mm-hmm. okay, cool. Like I don't feel like my career is imploding on itself. I've done the work this week. I've planted the seeds for ne- next week. Mm-hmm. And here's a fun fact. Every week I go to bed on Sunday night and I always say to myself, and I have for over a decade, I whisper to myself and I say, get some sleep. It's going to be a big week. 
Twilight. Okay. Close your eyes and dream of being queen. Kick it. Uh, my top of the cob is it was an unexpected thing this week. And I have to preface it as we preface everything with no one needs to do this, but it was just nice. A show that you were on, Estrogen's Follies, oh, yeah. sent a gift basket for you. And they also sent one to me and to your publicist, Greg, I did a your best Zoom friend. call for this book club in Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. And they were lovely women and they were very communicative. Were and so it was cute. it was very easy to like set up. And I really felt like I didn't do that much. And, and they sent along a gift basket addressed to me. And that You're- was very... Thoughtful and kind. You're absolutely right. You didn't do much. And I should have your gift basket. <laughs> no, it was very sweet. They sent one to Greg. And that was, it was a real class act. Yes, yes. And it's something like, don't feel like, because you emailing me, you have to send me something. But boy, that was a nice surprise. Yeah. Um, my bottom of the cob is um, ever, you know, in the last couple of weeks, I've just sort of stopped answering, like fighting it out in the comment section. Sometimes I get rock hard. And I'm like, let's fuck. Like, let's do this. Slaying you motherfuckers all day. But then sometimes you're just so tired and it really depends on the mood. And then sometimes comments are so inane that you actually don't even want to answer it to be funny. You're just like, oh no, like I think this is a trap. So somebody, we had posted, um, (laughs) we were, you can't say raffling because of legal terms, but we were giving away the chance to pick the meal that we make on Don't Panic Pantry. Uh And all people had to do was donate $10 to blackvotersmatterfund.org. The contest is over. Um, the contest, the I mean, event. You can still vote it. Like, yeah, you can donate. still donate. We're yeah. just not, it just, you we won't get know. anything. Uh, and each $10 got you like a, a ticket and then we would, we would draw. We're going to draw a winner later today. Um, but black, black motors matter. Oh, Jesus Christ. Black, racist. Black voters matter fund.org. Um, this has to, this is giving money so that we can, help cater to areas where they are experiencing voter suppression. My home state of Georgia had so many problems. Now, this is something that you might not be aware of if you live in a particular neighborhood, but Mm -hmm. voter suppression, particularly in black areas um, where the opposition tends to be conservative, they don't want people to vote for something on the other side, tends to be liberal. They will, you know, they're not going to come to your home and bolt your door shut, but the electricity goes out at the voting place. The buses aren't running. The ballot doesn't come to your home. There's all these little micro things that people do. It's, mm-hmm. It is a documented fact um, to make it difficult to vote. And not everyone has a car. Not everyone has a way to a local thing. If you live on a mm-hmm. farm or something. So all these things that we take for granted, oh, just go down to your city hall, big deal. There are things that are done to make it just a little bit harder to deter an already disenfranchised audience from voting. Mm -hmm. These are facts. This is, you can choose to ignore it, but this isn't like global warming where it's like, oh, it's up for debate, JK. So we just posted that. And that's just us trying to use our platform to amplify a suppressed minority. That's it. And this person who I think is do you think is a robot the picture they use is a little weird the name is is not cool and then the the name is like i'm kind of a shithead and even the bio is basically them being like i'm a shithead so you're like okay part of me thinks you're just like a 15 year old boy like a troll or even worse like a 19 year old girl (laughs) i don't know Mm -hmm. and so they write and i was watching this and i was like i'm not biting i don't know they wrote i've asked this several times and still haven't received an answer dot 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 and i'm thinking first of all Asked, I don't fucking owe you anything, but asked where? Yeah. Like, like asked you or just asked various? Yeah, this has been in my story. So where is it? What are you talking about? Why is voting an issue for black people? What is threatening their ability to do it? Everything. <laughs> okay. 
Have, if you've never heard of voter suppression, I get it. You might think like, okay, that's weird that they don't want to vote. If you've never heard of it. Right. Okay. okay. So this one girl answers, search voter disenfranchisement or voter suppression. Mm-hmm. The ACLU published an article in February, which is a good place to start. I think that's a really, you that's know, you can really like, hey, search it, but it's like true. Also do your own research. Mm-hmm. Do Google is free. So go Google. But voter suppression is a very real thing. And this person writes disenfranchisement. She shouldn't have said disenfranchisement because yeah. that's because one you being disenfranchised is as a result of constant voter suppression. But whatever. Disenfranchisement is an example of felons using their right to vote. Are you saying that only black people are felons? Because that's pretty racist. And I was like, this is a straw man argument. Mm-hmm. And I hope you guys all know what that is. A straw man argument is you're like, I love blue. Are you saying you hate orange? Why are you racist? You're like, oh my God, I didn't. And then she goes, not at all. There are many different tactics used to make it harder for people to vote, which is what voter suppression is. And this person writes, enlighten me, which by the way, in the history of ever, enlighten me 100% of the time is code for go fuck yourself. Mm -hmm. No one's ever, enlighten me never means like, I really would like to know. Going to a voting booth doesn't seem that hard, which to me makes you sound racist right now. Yeah, because if they're, the, all the ones near you got closed. Yep. If the ones you go to have lines yep. where people are out until 11 p.m. because half the machines are broken. By and the because way, as an American, I stand for your right to accessible voting. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's, all, even if you watch RuPaul's Drag Race, they all vote very liberally, but they always say register to vote and they yeah. never say how to vote because it's a basic right mm-hmm. as an American. And this is a huge thing for us. Yeah, and so, if you have to wait outside for 10 hours. Yeah, you should at least be standing for the American right to vote. You just should. This is part of why I'm not pro people like punch a Nazi. I'm like, I still am pro due process and you can't just take the law into your own hands. Why you want to punch a Nazi? Anyway, enlighten me. Going to a voting booth doesn't seem that hard. Getting a ballot mailed to your house doesn't seem that hard. All the obstacles projected seem really racist to me. Like you're saying all blacks are too stupid and they're spelled too T-O. So there's that. Mm. To bubble a circle. I'm getting so mad listening right. to you Right, she's this. like, or is requiring an ID to vote. Like, duh, it's a basic requirement. So she just goes on and on, but the whole time saying, sad that anyone would lump all blacks into a category of complete incompetence. Love- but she just kept being like, that's so racist. I'm like, here's a gay girl that looks like a person of color trying to explain to you what it is. And you just keep saying like, that's racist. You're gaslighting her. And I finally, I couldn't, I just wrote. Oh no, you got in there. No, I didn't. I okay. just said. If only there were some sort of, you know, like worldwide web of information you could access to look things up. And I took something that you said, because technology is so limited that everyone has to go to a comedian's comment section for information. Ugh! I just wish there were a way to go to a page where you could type in a subject and magically get information. And then I texted the girl who had initially written and I just wrote, don't engage. It feels like a trap. Do you know it's a great website to send people? Hmm. Oh, lemonparty.org. No, uh, let me Google that for you. And it's a site is where- it just Google? No. So what it is, is you go to it, you type in the thing, and then the website brings up, it shows you like a video of the screen, of Google coming up, the thing being typed in, and it being Googled. So it's like oh my God, that's the so most passive it's aggressive- let me Google that.com. Not for you. Anyway, so that's my bottom of the cob is- being a troll, and I can't even tell what kind of troll you are, but I know that it's Wait, a Wait, I got it working. Okay, fine. Look at this. I show you. So, I show you. See, it like pulls up, like it shows you the process of Googling as though you're too stupid to even Google it. I thought it was going to be It used to be a very funny thing like 10 years ago. Well, 
Hey. One, what? I, I don't to- want to hear about about Gene Triplehorn and like a made for DVD TV show. What? Crazy sick. Oh no. She has herpes. Is she okay? She's gooing her eye for last week. If it doesn't get better next week, I'll take her in. I'm in communication. My vet's booked for three weeks. Is What's she happening? Die? No, I just have to be careful that I don't get because the problem her? is is that she if she scratches herself because the eye is bugging her, she can do more damage than the actual like goo is doing. It's like can a I- bacterial infection. Okay, two things. One. It's the worst when your pet is sick, and I You're am sorry. You're just looking. I just, because I could tell on her birthday she didn't feel well, and I felt so bad because she was just like, and she's breathing kind of snuffly, like, because she has like a little can cold. Can you just say that it is a fate befitting of you that you would contract cat herpes? Uh, you know what? I had, when she was a baby, when she was like eight weeks old, and we first realized she probably had it, and it's like lifelong, um, I just remember that the hottest doctor ever was filling in for my usual doctor. And Gracie was so small. And I just remember him picking her up and being like, I want to test something. And I was like, what? And he holds her up to his lips, and he puts her face on his lips, and he goes, you know, the lips are the most sensitive part of the body. And I just wanted to see if her oh if, if her nose was stuffed up or if, if air was coming out. And he goes, you know, I think that she has cat herpes. And don't worry, it's not communicable to humans. I was like, like I kissed a lot of cats. Right. And I was like, oh, okay. You're like, is, but you're like, okay, well. <laughs> I still think about that man. Don't know his name. He was a fill-in doctor from some other vet. I could see as you were saying, like the close-up of his like hot lips on just, her. He was his, so hot. Her and pustules. she was just imagine like a kitten and he's just like kissing her. And I was oh like, god. oh my God. Uh, but I was you're also- like, I got a cat you can kiss. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember so specifically him being like, you can't get it. And I was like, okay. No, and he, he didn't want you to think he had herpes. That's why. He's like, I'm well, so hot. I don't want you to think I have herpes. And it's like an upper respiratory disease. It has Aww. nothing to do with herpes. It's just like a life. Like she gets flare ups of just like a, like a cold. So I'm sorry. Thank you. It's the worst. It's so frustrating because you're like, if I had a cold, I'm just like, it's fine. I'll get through it. But they have a cold and you're like, oh no, well, you don't know. Also, animals are so stoic. Like you just yes. never know what's wrong. I'm sorry. Right. Okay. Well, that's <laughs> like a really. Do you want to end this by. Um, reading that comment section again? Yeah. No. Talking about any, the the organizations that you're, the, the vote, vote, what's it called? That we just did. Blackvotersmatter.org. Okay. And also um, the Loveland Foundation was founded by Rachel Cargill. Who does some brilliant writing. And I found out about her via a friend of mine who posted about her. And Mm -hmm. I had never heard of her. And so I started following her. Just because you follow, I, I just appreciate the education. Yeah. And, and uh, she's she's very smart and I really enjoy uh, the education. She writes this stuff and as a white person, you're like, oh, I, I guess I do that. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't have such an ego. I have a pretty huge ego, but not when it comes to race and I'm not above yeah. learning more. Well, and, and like with products, you know, do, do your own research. But if you do want own. a couple easy places to start, there you go. Um, but, you know, also donate to all the other things that we need. Yep. <laughs> The world is falling apart. Okay, see you guys next week.